Hey, it's D. Horace Towns, joined by the illustrious Black Super Friends. Welcome to The Real. I tell you what, I apologize for the glitches in our preview. The hell with Comcast. I said it. Hey, welcome to another show. It's D Horace Towns, and uh, I'm joined by my three best friends that you know as the Black Super Friends around the world. I'm going to go to my friend at the bottom, Chris, the phenomenal Leo. Chris, the international Leo. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Even though I only went out the country once, but I like that title. And one time, it's fine with me. It's lovely to be here. Another beautiful Monday. I look forward to Mondays. We make Mondays great. Uh, here on the Black Super Friends podcast. And re always remember, kings live forever. Well, I tell you what, with all the cap on this app, you can go internationally every day. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. Next, I'm going to my partner that's up in the ATL, living presidential, life is swell. The father of Super Mario Jr. is Super Mario Sr. Please say the senior. Hey, man, this, this is a beautiful month, beautiful year. We're starting off right. Um, welcome back to another Monday. All right, yeah, let's listen in the studio. Hey, then I'm going up top to the man who needs no introduction. He is the ladies' man, the man who is running a corporation that is, we're blessed to have such hands to make people look good even when they don't. The latest man. Man, man, thank you. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, my brother. Thank yeah, you. I just ain't live. Listen, I'd be wanting to comment on some of them haircuts, but like, they really brung you back to life, my man. Yeah, I hope you tilt. Boy. <laughs> that, hey, listen, that's a conversation for another segment. We can talk about that too, though. Yeah, I, I got I got to be on your side with that one. Listen, guys, today, at the request of Chris, the international Leo, we're going to go to a different segment. We're going to go talk recent news. It's 2021, and to be honest, it's been a year already, 2021. So we're having a year in review in the first month. Uh, hmm. I want to present something today. We had a recent death this week in TV land, not to say TV land, but in the world. He is a West Palm Beach native. He's one of the heroes that I've met many times, uh, staying in the presidential area. He was the one-time home run king, uh, beating uh, Babe Ruth's record. I don't remember what year, but that was 1974. Wow. Okay. Uh, so he listen. He died at the age of 86. I don't want to say they killed my guy because he got a vaccine two weeks before. And two weeks later, he passed away in his sleep. But God bless uh, Hank, his son, and his family because he was an amazing guy. Everyone loved him. No one could say anything about him. If you were a, a part of West Palm Beach, you remember when the Braves had their training camp here where the auditorium is placed. And, man, those years in Atlanta were amazing. Those years when, in West Palm Beach when we had Deion Sanders and all those fixtures was amazing. So one shout out to Atlanta Braves legend, uh, the one-time home run king who left his career with 755 
career home runs, I believe. And his record was beaten by Barry Bonds, so I think holds the record at 762. Questionable. And yeah. just oh, that questionable. A lot of people still think he's the home run king, but you know. Okay, well, listen, I did backdrop. I'm going to honor that guy because he was an amazing person. And it's not too often that you have a sports hero that everyone loved. And they talked about the class that he had. So hammering Hank Aaron, West Palm Beach native, uh, born in Mobile, Alabama, I believe. So I salute to you, Hank Aaron. Mario. Um, yeah, we always want to um, make sure that we salute to our heroes because in, in the time that Hank Aaron came up, what he did was so much more than just play baseball. You know what I'm saying? Like he was the uh, the era of Barack. He stood for uh, yes, I can, and I could go a little bit further than the system has structured us to go. And what I'm saying in so many words is he broke down barriers. And just to see a, a black man reach that height back then, I remember my granddad and my um, daddy. The look in their eyes when they used to tell me about the, about Hank Aaron. And then when I used to come to Atlanta, because my dad stayed in Atlanta most of my life, and just to go see, like, all the stuff and how Atlanta just loved Hank Aaron. Like, you know, you got you got Hank Aaron Road, Hank over Boulevard, how black people just light up their face when they talk about Hank Aaron. You can see him at the barbershop on Peachtree Street, Peachtree Street just walk in and then sign autographs. Like, he definitely was a man of the people, too. And he owned a lot. That's just in, in real estate wise, Hank Aaron owned a lot. He was one of the first people to own like one third. Like I know we in the, when Gucci Mane and Jeezy was going through who owned Atlanta. Well, Hank Aaron was the first one to start um of black athletes to really start franchising restaurants, um, being part ownerships and um hotels. And he owned a big space in prime real estate in Atlanta near the highways and by uh, schools that Georgia State even bought some of it from him to make some of their student housing. So not only was he a great uh, athlete, but he was an entrepreneur. He was a, and a freedom fighter for us all. So we want to salute Hank Aaron. And as a sports player myself, let me just let, let I say this. Not only did he have 755 uh, home runs, but he had a 300 average. And as long as Hank Aaron played and as many balls got through at his head, and as many, he, got, he was getting tortured because they was trying to walk him violently. And most of the time he was playing, he still ended with a 300 average. That's amazing because a lot of home run hitters, they swing at everything. So it messes up the average when they go in slump years. So the end your career with a three over a 300 average is amazing. So I'm going to say and let him finish up uh, what he has to say about this. First, I'm going to start with, you know, you got to give your respects to the GOAT. You know, Hank Aaron is legendary, and the fact that he comes from my hometown just makes it extra special for me. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but, you know, Hank Aaron is from 561. They say a lot of things about Florida, but they, they fail to want to mention that one. You know, I just think that it was very uh, – it was sad, the fact that he tried to show – he tried to continue to show how to stand in the face of uh, bravery as a black man and take this COVID uh, – vaccine and then you know a week later be taken out by natural causes so they say you know what i'm saying i'm gonna leave it at so they say <laughs> but um you know at 86 years old he did his thing you know the bible only gives us three score year plus 10 so that's 70 so he had to be doing some things and good graces with the man upstairs because he got 86 of them in so for that we're gonna be thankful for 
Um, I looked at some of the things that Hank Aaron was uh, famous for. Mario mentioned a lot, but some of his quotes are what kind of stuck out to me and affected me directly. And one of the things he was saying about black athletes is that on the field, black athletes are um, seem to be super giants. But once the playing days are over, it's back to the, the back of the bus. So I think when Mario elaborated on his joint business ventures with restaurants and doing the entrepreneurial side of things was him kind of giving a, a middle finger to me getting on the back of the bus or going out quietly um, in the sunset. And then the other thing that was prolific for me that he said was he, his motto was to keep swinging. And that was an attest, atonement to his batting average. But he was basically getting at failure is a part of success. So he was willing to fail in order to be to be successful. And it worked out in his best interest. So, you know, kudos to Hank Aaron, the GOAT. What you got, Chris? Well, I think that um, I don't know if we take into consideration how good of a baseball player Hank Aaron really was. Like, it, all around. Really, really good at baseball. Like, he's uh, a lot of people say, you know, he's really good at baseball, but uh, and he was even a better man. But if he was a better man than he was a baseball player, he was a damn good man because. In 1947, uh, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. Hank Aaron was 13 at a time. He got he got into the league at 1952. He started in the black in the Negro League with the Indiana Clowns, which is a terrible name. Yeah, he was then sold to um, the Milwaukee Braves at the time for ten thousand dollars. He hit his first he, at his first at bat. He hit a home run. Not only that, at his second at bat, he hit a home run. In 1957, he was a, the MVP. He made he made uh, the, he made the All Star game from 1955 to 1975. Two decades of being an All Star that is amazing. He they, he um, he had 300 home runs for more than 15 seasons. He had three, he had a three, like Hardy said, he had a 300 batting average for 14 seasons. He had, he hit 40 home runs in eight consecutive seasons. Not only that, and that's just from hitting. He had three golden gloves. Golden gloves, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all around. And not only that, and, and while he had to go through so much, people sent this man death threats about breaking Babe Ruth record. The man was sent death threats about breaking brave roof record so i think that um and he did that on night in 1974 april 8th i think that we 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 kind of belittle how good hank aaron was and like i said to uh horse a lot of a lot of a lot of people still believe that he's the home run king a lot of people don't go for what barry did because they have the allegation of steroids and mark O'Dwyer <laughs> and so sammy sosa and all those other people so I'm, I feel like those people, I'm going to still call Hammering Hank Aaron, Aaron, Henry Aaron, the home run king and the base, best baseball player ever. Shout out to you, my brother. Rest in power. Listen, guys, I come from a, a thing where I must say that I respect goats. I love goats. Here it come. Here it come. Here it come. Listen. listen. The guy, the guy that has the face of an angel has allowed me to know what it feels like to be a winner for 20 years. 
This guy went to another team on another, all the way across the country, and he's still winning. That was the best sermon that I could have taken on a Sunday. The guy's name is Thomas Brady. Me, I call him Tom. We're, we're like that. Last year, guys, when he decided to move, I said, Tom, I'm with you. I'm with you no matter where you want to go at. And he just did some phenomenal things that makes me uh, feel a certain way. But I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to listen, Thomas Brady, you're my friend. You're my quarterback. And I'm going to go to the tape. So sorry, guys. We'll be right back. We're going to do this right here. No. Oh, the perks of being a producer. He's OD at this point. <laughs> yeah. Chris, you shouldn't have unleashed me. Say, I come back to bite your ass. <laughs> Listen. We've been whitewashed by Mr. Horace himself. Yes. Didn't even put it in the show details. Yes, yes, yes. Listen. Whether you like him or love him, Tom Brady is. Listen, this is what I say about ropes. People, people spend so much time talking about LeBron that you don't enjoy him. The guy's a phenomenal athlete. Tom Brady, whether you like him or love him, the man is – even Shannon Shaw said this man made it to 10 Super Bowls. So whether you cheer for him or not, you got to recognize that, man. So salute to Tom Brady uh, on another championship run. I think if he wins this year, you got to go sit this, sit this behind down. But, listen, I'm appreciative that in my career, in my life, I've gotten to see Jordan, Brady – LeBron, Larry Bird, like we've got a chance to see some iconic basketball players, Steph Curry. So that's the great thing about sports, man, because one thing about all the races in the country, get people in the stadium and see how black and white go out the window. Yeah. yeah. Chris, we got any thoughts? Because I know, you know, you well, Tom Brady hater. You know I'm a Tom Brady hater. But I gave I have to I gotta give it up. I'm a, I always thought Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback simply because he went to four, he won four, and he never threw an interception in the uh in the Super Bowl. So I always gave him credit. But going to the and uh going to the Super Bowl is a is a amazing feat. And to be able to go there ten times at the age that he is is I have to give credit. But at the same time, I wanna give I don't wanna just give Tom Brady credit. I want to give Bruce Arians credit, and not not off of coaching. I want to give Bruce Arison, Arison credit off his coaching staff. I'm going to go down a couple of guys: Henry Good, Goodwin, assistant head coach, run game coordinator; Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator; Brian Leftwich, offensive coordinator. Now these are big time positions. Mm-hmm. Keith Armstrong, special team coordinator. Right. Um, you have <laughs> Mike Cardwell. Inside linebacker coach, you have Antoine Weldon-L, offensive assistant, Larry Foote, outside linebacker coach. All these are got black men. Roger Kingdom, speed and conditioning coach. Todd McNair, running backs coach. Uh, Casey Robbins, defensive line coach, black man. Cornerback coach, Kevin Ross. And not only that, the man has two women on his staff. Assistant defensive line coach Lori Lacoste 
and assistant strength and strength and conditioning training Marvell. I don't even know her name. Uh, Marvell. I don't know her name, but she has two women on this staff. So I want to give. A, I have to give a hand golf clap to the whole organization, Bruce Arian, and I'm going to end my feud with Tom Brady. I'm not ready to say goat, but I'm almost there. He got G O A. And if he get the Super Bowl, I gotta give him the teach. What do you think, Harden? Well, I think that just on the um, you know, I I I I won't let Horace get off that easy because he's still a Patriots um fan. And, you ain't gonna here. And um, I don't think you should have two teams. So uh I'm gonna say I respect uh Tom Brady with the utmost, especially since he uh dropped those uh chicken dinners and got with a real winner. And um, he's seen that ship um, sinking, so he did like all smart captains when he got another. And I want to say this. I don't think people understand that every single critic that, that said everything about Tom Brady this year, he crushed him. It was, first it was Belichick. He can't win without Belichick. Well, he just did. Uh, he can't win in a, um, in a better division. He just went to a whole different conference and won. So <laughs> then he played team. Oh, he know those teams in the AFC. He's been in the AFC his whole career. Well, he ended up team now. So then, like, then, okay, well, how could he play in a whole different system? Uh, and not in cold weather. Well, he went to the hot, one of the hottest places in the world. Like, everything they said. Oh, he's 40. Right now, he's not going to um, do it on his arm. Right now, he consistently scored the, the most points. Like, he didn't win the game like the Baltimore Ravens. Well, like, it wasn't, the score wasn't 6 to 10. <laughs> the score wasn't um nine to four. No, yeah. Tom was out there slinging the ball down the field, and I think he went into this system. And above all, and, and above all, he did this. He went and grabbed Antonio Brown when nobody could ever talk to him. He was a mental case and a head case, and he kept, kept, kept trying to get him. And anytime a white man reaches across the aisle and helps a fallen brother, because Antonio had fallen, had fallen. Many times, and still pulled him back up. I gotta salute him because in these days, right now, it's so right. easy. Because yeah, Antonio gave him every right to say, "Man, I tried. Just get on out of here." And he kept reaching and kept reaching. Didn't hear Fred Taylor talk about how Tom is, and hear all these black people who was his teammates champion him. I like Chris. I didn't like him when he played for the Patriots because I don't like the Patriots. But right now, I have to admit, and I told him this: if he win. Because he was the GOAT to me regardless. But this just solidifies it. It's no more argument to me. No more argument. It's no more argument. Yep. <laughs> I don't that? know. I'm, uh, I'm with you there, Mario. Uh, like Chris said, he ended his feud with Tom Brady. But I thought he ended the feud with the Antonio Brown situation. So like you said, Mario, when a white man reaches out and helps another uh, black brother, I got to kind of look and give him that head nod. Understand what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, Tom, Tom did it, and, and I hate it. Because I'm a Dolphins fan, so you know I, I thoroughly do not like New England at all. But at the end of the day, the man did do that, and he did his thing. And Chris, you did touch on the, on the one fact that I did want to just hammer out. Man, that's all black coaching staff, that's, and, that's and that says a lot for us. It makes us feel good. Like they say, representation matters. Representation matters for us too. You know, Tom gonna do what Tom gonna do. The defense came in and bailed him to a little bit, but he did his thing. Because he scored them points. So with that, said, if you get that Super Bowl, we can't argue with you, uh, New England Buccaneer. Well, I got to say, and that's you, one thing I got to have off before we go, two things Tom Brady did that even got him some hate. 
when the Colony Ka when the Kaepernick situation went out, he spoke out in support, said he absolutely should be in the league, and that got him some slack. But I want to recognize uh, Riviera Beach resident, one of my neighbors, Terry Braden, who is over defense quality control for the Kansas City Chiefs, won a Super Bowl last year. He's brother of uh, Abe and Matt Elam. So salute to that brother on his Super Bowl endeavors as well. Terry Braden, who played at Inlet Grove as yes. a quarterback. He was the uh, uh, he was the athletic director when I was coaching Inlet Grove. Shout out to the Hurricanes. But he was the uh, athletic director when I first – Coach JV basketball over there. Shout out yeah. to him. So he won a ring last year. Hey, I can't get mad to see Monroe Heights representing in the Super Bowl. So salute and to Air, Arabic um the enemy. So that's just like right now, yeah. this Super Bowl right now is filled with black coordinates. See, I understand we saying coaches, but these are coordinate coordinates. Like mm -hmm. you like you don't get that job. It's co right. coordinate. Like that's that's big. Like so just on both sides of the ball. It, this is <laughs> gonna be a blackout for as mm -hmm. concerns. Like yep. you gonna have like a, a high percentage of the coaches that's black that's in the league on these two teams playing in the Super Bowl. So this is a big, this is a big thing. This is a big feat for the NFL. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey I guys, um, you know what? I, I want to go. I'm gonna go to politics and then I'm gonna come back. This week is official. She's sworn in. The portrait of America has changed. I said on another show, if you look at the picture of the VPs, you had white, 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 white. And I said, you think about it, what's, what was different about this inauguration? You got some blackness on the VP side. We had Obama before, but you actually got a woman to make it there. And then she's a woman of color. So I'm not getting an argument, what's her background, ethnicity. She's a woman of color that has penetrated the White House. And Second of all, she's a sorority sister. So, like I said, you can't tell these AKAs nothing. At all. You can't tell them a goddamn thing from now on. The AKAs are just going to be ridiculous. Either we all over the place. Oh, oh my fun. God. So, listen, before I go into the segment, recognizing Kamala Harris as the new VP and thinking about all our hope that we have in this country, we want to give y'all guys a recap of how that week went with Kamala Harris and some of the bright spots from the inauguration that had everyone so in tune. Kamala Davy Harris, solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And I will support and defend the Constitution. Most of like the big politicians are white men, so it is really inspiring and amazing that we're having a chance for a black woman and a multiracial woman to be the very first and to be the vice president and to finally be in the office. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. All right, what the hell with Comcast? Listen. The inauguration had most of the country tuned in. The sorority sisters were tuned in. Uh, the young lady who gave the poem that was recited was inspiring. Um, I mean, the whole day, you know, after a week before you had the Capitol invasion to be able to go back to the to that same location and have what some people feel as democracy restored. The takeaway for me that day was the fact that it wasn't about parties. I had to tell someone, F Democrats, Republican, today you had a woman 
that penetrated the White House and you have a woman of color be black for that day and recognize that achievement that is broken history, you know, in that country. So to recognize Kamala Harris, I don't know what you got, where you guys were that day. I don't know how you felt about it, but you have to say that thinking about my nieces, uh, thinking about your kids, your daughters, what that did to the young women in this country uh, is, is amazing. And I'm switching, I'm switching it up. I know I said I had an order, but I'm going to Chris because he looks like he's going to be emotional and, and cry up. I see it. I, felt, I, don't, I don't think that. But I think I see it. Honestly, man, that was, um, that was, that, you know how I've been, I, I had my stance on this for a long time. I've uh -huh. said that I'm not going to publicly say anything bad about that lady. Um, I didn't, I don't say anything publicly bad about uh, Obama and I'm not going to do it with Kamala. Um, I think that is one of the, I, I, I caught when I when it was going on, I had to call my daughter and and just for her to to totally soak in what's happening here. It I know how it made me feel when I seen Obama as the president. It it made me feel as though anything is possible because that's something that I never thought I would see. And then for my daughter to be able to see for that to be her first president, and then next she gets to see Kamala Harris as the vice president. I made sure I let her know that there's there's no hype that you can't get to. I, I wanted to make sure that she understand the, the impactfulness of, of this. Um, and I'm going to continue my support of the vice president. I'm going to continue continue to uplift her. And again, I, we're, we we try to end the the sexes the battle of the sexes over here. We don't we don't think we're good. No one wins when the flat family feuds. That's a Jay Z line. So, again, we want to. I want to personally salute you on behalf of all of the Black Super Friends. You are Kamala Harris. You are one of the Black Super Friends officially. You're the first female uh, member. Official female member, and you're welcome to come anytime. The door is open for you, my my sister. The door is open for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, one other thing. It is the most soothing thing in the world when I hear that lady talk. It is the most soothing thing in the world. I just I just melt when I hear that lady talk, man. I, I, Amazing. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, I'm gonna be. Yeah. Who, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> you just went somewhere else, my brother. Ladies man, ladies man. I'm gonna digress. I'm gonna let hard go. Please, somebody go because uh, Chris over here then went <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah. I, oh. like, like Chris, too. I uh, asked my daughter, you know, my daughter attending the HBCU right now in college, and I was like, Well, uh, I called her and she was at work, and I was like, So, how do you feel about this? And she was like, Really, uh, I, I feel like it's overdue, and I'm happy to see that too. And I think that we had that conversation, and exactly what Chris said, she like, you know, one of her most uh, rememberable uh, acts was when Obama became the president. So now in her lifetime, it's starting out pretty good in her um, eyes, because you know what I'm saying? Like her, her track list of presidents hopefully will be better than mine. How Mine started off a little rough, but, it, but it, it's, it's beginning to get a little better. And I hate to say this, but me understanding that uh, what Zay pointed out earlier about God um, promised us three scores and ten, and I think that uh, my boy Sleepy has used a couple of people other years because he getting on up there. And just knowing that the next in line is Kamala, is it just 
it warms my heart. Only because right now, when I seen Joe, every time I see him walk out on the podium, I be like, man, my boy tired. He don't really want to do this. And I just know pretty soon it's going to come a day he's going to say, go ahead, Kamala. I can't do this no more. You go ahead and take over. And I can't wait to look around. And I hope I'll be in a, a Whole Foods store or something like that when the news come down. Then I can look around. And I hope I'll be on the mayonnaise out. And I can just see all the faces of the people when they see the mayonnaise out. Black lady walk up and become the president of the United States. I'm just wishful thinking. But uh, I, I, I like, like Chris, I really do. I really do feel a sense of joy. When I see that lady walk up there, no matter what she do or what she don't do, because there's been a lot of vice presidents who didn't do nothing at all. So I'm going to say that I, I'm very happy of uh, who she is. Can I Amber say something real quick? Can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I, 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 look, I've said this on the show a dozen times. I am not I am not a believer in divorce. But just in case, Miss <laughs> Harris, just in case, I will wait for four years to be single and wait for you. Zay? <laughs> Listen, wait a minute. Amber Dogger said he Joe in good shape. No, you're not. That man took the next day off after the inauguration. He can barely, barely talk doing it. Hmm. Zay yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, I was just gonna say what Chris was saying. I this is the first time I've actually even uh, taken in the inauguration, to be honest to you. Um, I've never watched this, it. bored me to tears. Um, saw some things that were different. Um, the orange guy that was just distasteful. That's that sore loser thing. You know, we grew up in sports, man. You gotta shake the next person's hand if they beat you, you know what I'm saying? Pass the torch. So I thought that was distasteful. But they brought it back around because they had Kamala and they brought it in with the sisters, the Chucks. They had the uh one was the young guy who had on the Christian Dio Air Force One, so they brought a little flavor to the inauguration this year. So it, it, it was favorable for us to sit down and watch and just take everything in. And I, too, you know, kind of reveled in my daughter's eyes and she stopped. She was doing with school to just glance at the TV to see that this is a lady and she's of color and she's actually doing it. So, you know, I, I too, I won't say anything negative about Pamela, even though you know, going forward, like uh, it, it, it was a little sticky there to kind of get us all the way over to your side. But the representation side of it is good. You know what I'm saying? So we can agree to disagree on that. And I do like the fact that if something does happen, we'll have in our lifetime a black man president and a black or a woman of color president. Something happens to Sleepy Joe. Now, I'm, again, I no ill will to Joe, but we just saying, hypothetically speaking, we're poised. We're in a position of power. And I like that for once for black people. So, you know, Kamala, hats off to you. AKAs, y'all, y'all take this time to, you know, revel because this is y'all time. And just let's soak it up, black people, as as a race. What you got, Harv? Well, let's be honest. Kamala Harris is kind of my speed. That's my type of chick. I think <laughs> I could. I really think I could. You and Chris going fist to cuff. the back door me already, man. I ain't it's back for you. That's for sure. Pause. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I definitely could give us some direction, bring her back to her urban roots. Um, but I have to say that that is empowering, man. You got to give it to her um, to see her sister. Let's be honest. Uh, that ticket was about Kamala. Without her, 
what I heard, Joe didn't have a chance in here. He's been trying 30 or 40 years. And I'm going to tell everybody in the comments, look in the camera, Joe Biden, you on deck, upper room. Let's be honest. <laughs> upper room. So listen, people wait it out, say, well, Joe on deck, upper room. So it, it is a chance that we will see Kamala in the White House. I've always said politically, if the Democrats do what they say they're going to do and promise, they've had a White House locked up for 12 years minimum. If they don't, you're going to see the MAGA, MAGA party right back in there. But I just like what I just seen the reaction of different women, kids on social media. And it ain't often that we actually get something that's empowering. You know what I mean? For some, I mean, when the last time you had some amazing like that happen. So salute to her. Um, you know, I can't listen. Obama in good shape. So I can't fight him for Michelle. So I'm going a, I'm to a take my chance with Kamala, who has a white husband, and uh, probably don't have that same right hook. So I, must, I must tell y'all, fellas, that being married to an AK, they're on a high horse, my brother. Oh, my goodness. They're on a high oh, horse. Oh, my Lord. And I see Converse stock and shit and, um, and, um, and, and low tops have just shot up. So if anybody look at stock, go to Converse, because those pearls and got them chokes. Mm -hmm. Love them. I, don't they, I don't think they think they picky figure that came down since yeah. <laughs> come on, my brother. Listen, that was a stock tip to get converses, but yeah. not even the deltas and aka's who've been like this for years. Yeah, uh, girl, yeah they are kumbaya. Oh, right yeah, now. yeah, it's like the bloods and crypts having a uh, a truce. Amazing, so, you gotta say some good came from it. So, oh. pink, and, pink and green, red. Listen, I had said a girl one day I, I did the wrong sign and I almost got jumped. Mm. It's serious about that. Being in Atlanta, this was their big thing because uh like uh I think Dr. Hughes said, you know, Keisha is a Delta. So mm. and the Deltas in Atlanta was like on a whoo, oh. they was yeah, I know aka normally come in first, but we first and then they aha. But we have a vice president. <laughs> See? Mm. Speaking of Keisha, man, what is she up there doing, man? Like she, she, they say she, um, oh, yeah, you can smoke and work for the city. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, can burn your lunch, you can burn your lunch break and work for the city. So, you know what I'm saying? Keisha just up here making sure that it's uh, that young black men who can't like put Hayden. down the weed can keep a job, okay? Like, hey, Keisha Bottoms, yeah, <laughs> please say the bottoms because she got it. <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> <laughs> Keisha, I definitely thought Deltas was going to be in the White House first. But listen, I'm going to go to some because that is more. Listen, I've been so busy. I seen the news and I said I refuse to read the story. So why does rap become reality now? Like every month it is like the young dudes. I even said my son, like, bro, you know y'all really don't have to do this. I don't know if it's like some rite of passage, but these Negroes really going to jail. Like, it's entertainment. So I don't know much about Lucha, but Chris, please enlighten me because I've seen something about a murder charge and it seemed like it's gotten worse for him. Yeah, I, I again, I'm not a big time, big young rapper guy. You know, I most of my rappers that I listen to is over 30. But this, this, uh, Thing, this this thing caught my eye, ears because what first happened I heard I first heard about him being uh, wanted 
Then a um, a nine one one call came out saying that from a lady saying that somebody pushed the man out of the car with a gunshot hit wound in his head. Mm-hmm. Then later on, we hear stories about I guess it was four guys in the car. It was maybe a rival gang shooting. They was in the wrong neighborhood. They were shooting at the uh, op- opposition. But the the crazy thing is he would. They was homeboys, and in the in the in the exchange of fire, the, his homeboy got shot. Luke, they say Lucci was the driver, allegedly. I'm gonna say, they in the exchange of uh, gunfire, his homeboy got shot, and instead of taking him to the hospital or just trying to take trying to take care of your homeboy, they pushed him out the car, and with his last bit of strength, he's trying to hold on to the car. And you could, and from the nine one one call, the lady is saying the dude was trying to hold on to the car. So we are. This is the Black Super Friends podcast. We take friends, the, the friends part, to the next the heart. Level. Yeah. We take that to the heart. Like it's all. I understand gangster shit, but that ain't that ain't gangster shit, man. You take you you protect your homeboy. You don't try to push the man out of the car. And 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 but. Come as a bitch, so that's probably what's gonna get you sent up the road because you tried to push your homeboy out the car while he's defending maybe you or whoever else in this car. He defending it on some street shit, and you push the man out of the car when he get hit when he get hit up. Hmm. Like that's 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 not what we do, man. That's like it's it's one I I don't condone murder and street shit, but normally it's street people street. Street guys against street guys, and those those rules, the regular civilian don't understand. But even in in those rules, in those circles that we've always mm-hmm. we've all been into in those circles, we know that those rules is rules to street shit. So to do something like that to your homeboy, man, I just I looked at that. It's it's the most highest level of sucking shit, and I hope that this is not true. I hope this this was made up or whatever the case may be. But if it is, man, that's that's. That's sucking shit to me, man. So I, I don't think people say that, Chris. A lot of people what? say it. So as it comes to that Lucha stuff, Lucha, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Nah, my man. The first initial post or re- reporting of it, I'm like, you big dummy. Because that's, like you said, Horace, y'all are making the news more than the regular street dudes. What are y'all trying to prove? Y'all already made it. Allegedly, we're gonna use allegedly a lot right now. So you have the nine one one call, which you heard, Chris. I heard that one too. I'm like, dang, you know, you hope it's like, all right, well, they ain't see nobody or anything like that, so you may be able to beat this. Then you hear the next story about they were riding around in the ops neighborhood looking for the smoke, and actually were the instigators of the smoke, allegedly. And like you said, Chris. It's not, it's not it's not no denying they were shooting for Lucha. He's the cash cow. He's the one making sure everybody's paid. So he's shooting for you. You understand what I'm saying? He gets hit. Everybody in their mama know, like we watch gangster movies where they take him to the hospital and put him out the car at the hospital, get out, and then take off. You ain't even do that. So you missed that lesson. You missed that move. But this your homeboy. This your homeboy. You push him out. Like you said, he hide, he 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 taking his last little bit of strength. To hold on, and they said he's either pushing or kicking. Damn, that's how you repay me for my loyalty. 
Come on, man. Ah, you see what I'm saying? That, that, that's a tough one. So I'm sorry on this one. If everything is true, Lucha, you get exactly what you're supposed to get. No, they didn't give you a bell. You thought you were going to slide up out of that, and they had a little bit more for you than what you actually expected. And it's crazy because people are saying, well, he didn't shoot him. You know, it was the other person. But you know that law. You're going to commit another felony, and your homeboy died. It's on you. So that's that's messed up. I just think that that was messed up for them to try to push that man. I they, they could have did something way better. His family deserved better than that. What you got, Hart? Well, you know, I heard, heard about it on the news, and then um, I I know the areas. And if you stay in Atlanta, you got any kind of way. I'm a I'm a manager at a company, so I see a lot of I talk to a lot of people who from Atlanta, like younger guys who work with me who from Atlanta, and then you know how they talk, just like you were talking, Revere. You know they know what's going on because. Like y'all, I'm older, so it's not like I, I really care what's going on in the mean streets of Atlanta because I don't even be there. But when you're talking about it, you're hearing about this, this was way deeper than I, I think we, uh, Horace posed the question like, oh, why why is this going on in rap right now? And then we all we all have to do understand this, not, not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing, but this right here was going on started happening before rap. This is this is something this this had nothing to do. This is some way deeper stuff than rap. Then it bring me to what Chris was saying. So because these are your homeboys who you're shooting with. These are not higher hit men. These are not just niggas who just coming along for the ride. These are childhood friends of yours that you know their mama, they know your mom, and everything right. like this. And I think that at some point in our life, if we can learn anything from Lucha's story, whether he did it or not. Let's just say he didn't do it. The point is that. For now, for the next couple of years, you're going to be entangled with law, losing money to lawyers. You are the sole provider for your mom and all your kids and most of your family. Oh boy. So, so for you to be even wrapped up into something like this, when you actually did good coming through the front part of the uh, of the, the COVID era, for you to be just riding around in a known, this is known, this is like, not, oh man, how do we get over here to get to where they was being where Lucci's from was premeditated. You, you drove there to do this. So you had nothing better to do with all these millions on a regular night. than to go shoot up a hood on, in the dead end kind of like area. Like that's like, that's, not, that's like the, the craziest thing for you to even be in a car. I don't give a damn if somebody was to pull the gun and I'm driving the car at that point. We turn it around and be going back home because if it come to you, you gotta do what you gotta do. But right. don't go looking for it. And for and it's gonna be hard to prove that he wasn't looking for it when those two areas are known to be rivals. So alleged or not, whether he did it or not, I just hope that all the other kids understand that it's nothing good can come from this. Because even if he beat this case, and let's just say it's all lies, you lose millions, endorsements, setbacks. And this some black men going to jail and some black mamas crying for their son dead. This is a lose, lose, lose. And I'm just tired of it. And, you know, I wish I could say I see it stopping soon, but I don't. And I'm just hoping it don't. The people that listen to us, they kids and anybody who was affected in our circle just don't have this happen to them. Uh, what you got, Horace? I don't got much, man. I just know from my little bit of years in the music industry, I just... I never got it. I've seen so many people like you got a lot. We all know enough rappers that you got people that's real and you got a lot of people that's portraying to be something else. 
but to afford to go to that extent, I just don't get it. Like you get money, but somebody told me like getting money don't change a person. It just amplifies who they really are. And I just see too many young rappers not take advantage of the opportunity to build and go to another level. So when I see a situation like that, whatever you think you built or had, had it was better than the life you escaped and you run right back into it. So now, like you said, you guys going to, you're going to spend all your money. Hell, the attorney might know the judge and all that, but he's going to make sure they get all your money, money. and take teach, you a lesson. teach you a lesson. And then if you so happen to take a plea deal where you get a felony or whatever, now your life is really in shambles and you didn't take advantage of that window that you had. Cause most rappers don't believe you only have a moment in the sun. You hot for a second, but your ego has you believing that everybody loves you. And that's not the case. A lot of everybody love to eat off you. So I just was disappointed to hear because it seemed to be every month or two is some new rapper or old rapper that don't get it. We grew up on G code, grown man code, and don't seem like nobody's there to try to talk to them. But the ones that do, the mm. ones that do, the young folks don't respect them. Hell, they be even disrespected. So it's just a sad situation to see. But uh, Chris, Tory Lanez, we don't condone domestic violence, but that that story took another shift again. Were you familiar with that one? I'm not really familiar with it, and I honestly, it's just I've been I've been shaky on it from the beginning. But anytime I I want to say things, I have, I have to think of my sister. I have to think of my my daughter. I have to think about the females in my family. And I I've, I've never been in those in a domestic violence um, situation. So I I don't I don't know. But this story has been shaky from the beginning to me. And when when it first came out, it was no. When recently it said the first thing popped up was the charges was dropped. Then they came back and recanted that and said it wasn't the charges charges dropped. They just moved the case or something like that. I've always thought that Tory has been moving as an innocent man. I don't know if that's a a say you can say that, but. For me personally, in my personal opinion, since the incident, he's been moving like an innocent man. Um, again, I don't. We don't condone violence. We don't know. I don't know what happened, and I don't want to blame the victim or try to attack the victim, whoever the victim may be in this situation. But this, this is a this story has a lot of twists and turns, man. So I'm gonna reserve my truth, comments or feelings or whatever. I'm gonna listen to what you guys say, but this has been a different type of story. So I don't know, uh, Mario, what you got? Well, I think that, uh, like you, we we don't really know what's going on in this story because so many ups and downs and twists and turns. But one thing I do know, and this is a fact, somebody lying because you because <laughs> you can't be on two parts of it. Y'all y'all too far away from yeah, yeah. ever saying it was a misunderstanding. Like she's completely standing on. You shot me, nigga. Go to jail. He's completely standing on. Stop lying and capping. I didn't shoot you. What is going like? That is like that's not even a well. Maybe you got it misunderstood. I shot now. None of that is. You're lying. And you're lying. And all I can say is this can't end good because one way or another, somebody's gonna be lying. I think that lie is gonna end their career. That's just how I feel. And then the other one is gonna get admiration to the utmost. But I think they might beat a dead horse on it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, I feel you. I just don't feel like this can go. I was hoping some kind of way it was a misunderstanding 
tempers was hot and it kind of fizzled out. But every time a news clipping come out, both of them double down on their mm-hmm. end and be willing to go to the hell or heaven about their end. So all I can say is when this goes to court, somebody's career is going to be over. And I hate to see that because I actually like, think I don't listen too much of Megan music, but she does make hits. And Tori is a great talent. So I think both of them had promising futures. And here we go again. Another black person is finna lose a career. It is. <laughs> boy, I tell you, what you got to say? Well, um, I know you were saying if it go to court, but I thought it got thrown out. So the charges got dropped. Yep. This it week. ain't going no further. It's dead. But, well, she said it got pushed back due to COVID. Yeah, she was saying that, and she right. was saying that he did. But I'm so confused with right. it. Like, what the hell? But one thing I can attest to, Tori is definitely not acting like the guilty. You feel me? He's out here living La Vida Loca. He, people that's guilty don't speak. I'm just keeping a buck. You feel me? They lawyer up, and they keep it quiet, because that's what I paid my mouthpiece for. He's like, I'm out here. I didn't do it. She know I didn't do it. You know, and he's not no holes barred. She's doubling down on, you know, he did this. Man, that's a scary one for me, being especially being a black man in America. Cause you know, we know what it is when a woman, you know, cries wolf or or or, or lets that tear fall. Boy, you're fighting an uphill battle. You're no longer uh guilty until proven innocent. You're innocent. I mean, you're sorry, you're no longer innocent until proven guilty. You're guilty until proven innocent. We all know that's a hard uh, a battle to 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 win, but I gotta give Tori his because he's been holding his, and I don't. They're not dropping no charges with a witness. I don't know whatever happened to the gun because that's that's an amazing feat inside itself. Y'all were right there. Where's the gun? And there is none. But you have a witness, and one thing we know about that: if you got a witness and they can do this to you in court, you're barbecue. So. Baby, got some explaining to do, babe. I mean, we're all for, um, you know, protecting our black sisters. But I, it's, it's hard for us to protect you when we ain't really got something to go on. That's viable. What you got, Horace? Well, I ain't got much. I will say that the, the man, if he had anything, they do not hesitate on taking a brother to, to jail and giving him charges. So for them not to have nothing, a pursuit. I'm talking about the smallest thing in my in my history. It takes the smallest things, and they on your behind. So for them not to be on him, that's what has me suspect. Like, what's the truth? Because usually they don't hesitate to lock a brother up. But uh, what uh, charges was not dropped, pushed back due to COVID. So the new date gonna be February 25th. It's just a change from January 20th. So it wasn't dropped. It was home, gotcha. and somebody put that out. It was dropped, but the new date he has a new date, February twenty fifth. Okay, so yeah. we should so D day. Yeah, yeah, fellas, 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 fellas. While we on music, while we on music, what do y'all think about uh, uh, Kodak Black getting pardoned and um, Lil Wayne getting pardoned? I didn't even know Lil Wayne was in jail, but. Both of them getting pardoned. What do you, how do y'all feel? What do y'all feel about well, that? Lil Wayne wasn't in jail. He was about to turn himself in. But he yeah. wasn't in jail. But listen, Lil Wayne situation, all of them paid. Kodak was rumored to pay a million. And uh, Wayne sold his master. So ain't nothing free. Uh, I commend. I com- hey, listen, one thing I can say about oh, Kodak. Good. One thing I can say about Kodak. 
the brother, a broke clock is right twice a day. The brother's face has his bright moments, and then he has his Kodak moments. As far as Wayne, I don't know what happened to Wayne. I don't know what happened to Wayne. I just pray that that brother gets some people around him, and he gets back on track. Wayne is a wonderful talent. Amazing, amazing, smart dude. I don't know what's going on with him, but I, I do know. I wish they had to let Bill go instead, though. It's just me. Kyle, then, it's still the rapist thing. Thing. I think uh, it was the rapist thing, though. You know, if he would have freed a rapist. He, 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 he ain't free nobody. R.K. He ain't free nobody who touched yeah, him. Yeah. Anybody had something to do with a girl, he, he ain't mess with them. Mm -mm. He free killers. He free. Uh, uh, I see murder. Murderers. I'm kind of mad about oh, see murder. Carnard. Yeah, I'm, I'm e mad about see murder though. He pardoned Kwame Kilpatrick, the mayor of Detroit. Yeah, yeah. that's big. Because even Obama didn't touch that. Come on, man. And all that, all them people that went to jail. Come on, twenty some years or whatever his sentence for what he Harry did. O. Get out of here, man. Get yeah, out yeah. Harry O from Death Row. Yeah, Harry O. So. He he part he part of some heavy hitters like yeah, yeah. That, that, that really that uh but you know a uh, person asked me how I feel about it on on social media a great uh rapper and poet named Jeffrey Russell and I told him the same way I would feel if the the police officer uh freed my cousin but killed my brother I don't give a damn it's still in the words of my illustrious partner F Donald Trump go ahead hey <laughs> I'm gonna go back and clean that up. All right, like I never said it. Yeah, <laughs> Zay Bo. Oh my brother. Oh man, I don't know, man. Um, I like that. I like the fact that he did that. You know, Kodak is from here. You know, what I'm saying I'm hoping that he learned his lesson for real this time. I mean, brother, if you get locked up again, they should call him Kodak Cat. He got nine lives. For real. For real. Uh, Wayne, I, I, I really don't know what to say with Wayne. Like, Wayne, you should know better, bro. You already did a prison stint behind pistols, man. You should be smart enough to hire an armored gun to be near you at all times if you feel that way. I, I understand I'm from the hood. I like to keep mine with me, too. But if, if it has gotten me tied up twice, I'm going to have enough sense to have money to make sure that somebody is right here in my hip pocket with that. We're gonna walk, I'm going to walk behind it. I'm the president, but you know, to each his own. I, I, but those are the big moves that he did. I'm listen. The orange guy is uncanny. You cannot pinpoint him as to what he's gonna do. He does things that make you scratch your head, and then he does things that go, God, he's not as bad as we actually thought. So this is one of the moments where you know what? Thank you for trying to give something back at the last minute. We'll take it. And Sayonara, what do you got for her? Well, well, first of all. I think Donald's is just like a dude that becomes a star and then his ego get in the way and then he turns into the ultimate asshole. Do stuff. So, so, he's, so he's Horace Towns reincarnated. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't bring your ass to Mar-a-Lago. How about that? Oh, they gave him some smoke today. I heard they had uh, the private planes going by, calling him a star loser and all type of stuff. Man, you got to love Palm Beach. Even the white people ratchet. <laughs> and guess what? That don't stop nothing. He was actually golfing in Durrell, if I wasn't mistaken. But listen, y'all know I'm black. You know I'm conservative. If you question that, you might get one of the good tooth you got in your mouth. I want to <laughs> say this, man. Politics, <laughs> politics is politics. I said a great quote on that, and, and I remember how it went, but it was pretty much saying, at the end of the day, we black. 
So whether you're Democrat or Republican, it look like, uh, you know, we still on the plantation. So you mm-hmm. never gonna get me out there putting on those shirts. Hell, Joe Biden got 81 million votes. I ain't seen a damn T-shirt bumper sticker yet. Mm-hmm. So, but I do want to say this. I do say that if they don't impeach Trump, he's coming back, like Shaka Zulu said, like an angry bird. He's already threatening to start a new party of his own, which we all knew called the MAGA party. Mm-hmm. And that could be dangerous. I think he, he will destroy America. But I want to say this. Joe Biden, we talked about Kamala. Let's talk about Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden signed 10 executive orders, and none of them had nothing to do with black people. Not a damn Maybe. one. So let me be the butthole because Joe Biden signed things about the transgender equality. He said, oh, well, I want to go back to that because I really want you to hear what he said because he his quote was, let's be clear, transgender equality is the civil rights issue of our time. All right. So I can't say what I want to say because the Secret Service has their good software on so they know what people say. So he had 10 executive orders and out of all those orders that he had, most of them related around transgender economy and coronavirus. And he wasted no time putting us right back into the WHO, the World Health Organization. So for the same person to say that we helped him win the White House, I am looking for one executive order that he brought to the table for black people to say thank you. I do want to say thank you to Stacey Abrams, you magnificent black woman. You magnificent author. I haven't read your books, but I'm just saluting you. But the Joe Biden the executive orders. God damn you, peoples. Ooh, no time. Now everything goes right back to status quo, but I'm not going to come off like an angry Republican. I just want us to make sure that we hold this, this joker um, accountable because I'll be disappointed looking at all these executive orders that he's signing. I don't see nothing that benefits us yet. And second of all, at least Trump signed his and held it up. Biden just signed them more folks. So I won't go on a rant. I'm gonna go to Mario. Well, I think that uh the statement actually is truthful because when you look at what civil rights mean to this time that we're in, I think the people who are uh withholding the biggest uh well that's putting up the biggest uh, resistance towards anything that the institution has is the LGBT community. They are united. They are as one. They have demands. They have leadership. So as we was in the 60s and the 50s and the 70s, they are now. And they, like they, took, uh, they took pages out of our book and said, hey, if we mobilize, come together and stick together, I've seen the, through the boycotts and all this kind of stuff, blacks got rights. So how about we come do this and we'll get rights. But somewhere along the line, we forgot that. We forgot our own rules and everybody else who's <laughs> using our rules to win. So I always say in those kind of situations, if you walk in the store and a man selling cheering up for $20 and you keep buying it, who bought it? You can't blame the person who's sitting behind the desk because we didn't have a, a, a list of, rule, of stuff that we wanted ready for him to go. To hold his feet up to the power, we know he's gonna Dutch and die. He's a politician, that's his job to be diplomatic, to say one thing, give you a little dick. So it's our fault. We was not ready once again. Like I've been saying, we were not ready. So if we're not ready. We can't blame the man for, for doing what he do. He's doing what every politician do promise and underachieve, promise and underachieve until you make them. 
And as black people, the one thing he did give us is what? What's on the front page of everybody thing? We're going to put a Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill so y'all can feel good about y'all selves, y'all black people now. Because y'all did it. It's going to make y'all feel good about y'all self. And we're going to give everybody else everything they want. But guess what y'all going to have? A good feeling in y'all stomach. That's all I got to say. Uh, you know, the sad part about that is this hard. So they didn't do anything for you. He, he was against reparations. Oh, no, we ain't got no money for that. But I'm going to put y'all the face of the $20 bill. Y'all got to be happy with that, right? Come on, black people. You remember what he said? You know, you're not black if you don't vote for Joe, right? right. We'll, be, we'll, we'll be digital cash in, in five years. Oh, right. that's good. So that ain't even going to make no sense. Every time, but you know, when Ice Cube, I remember a good brother by the name of Ice Cube said, I have some demands, uh, or what I want to talk to you guys about. Oh, we'll talk to you after we get in, and then as soon as we get in, yeah, we ain't got time to talk to you because I'm steady signing legislative legislation for the individuals who were appointed and already together. So, something that I spoke with my brothers about last time about too much on the black power side and not on the black unity side. So you see what happened when, when unity happens, you come together, you get stuff done. We can agree to disagree. Everything not gonna be to the liking of this side or that side, but collectively, we're going to win as a whole. We can get into the specifics later on, but we do as black people gotta get more organized, take a page back out of our own book. We let the LGBT community, which is a strong force to reckon with, take pages from us because we didn't, do our history research and it tells you those who do not learn their history are doomed to repeat doomed it repeat it so what are we doing now stagnant oh we got a black vp okay what are we gonna tell her what to do oh i don't know because we got a black vp well let's go for harriet tubman on the 20 dollar bill yay but what does that profit us as black people a damn thing they didn't want to give you one of the 20 dollar bills with harriet tubman name on it but again I'm just a barber. What the hell do I know? <laughs> what you got, Hart? Chris. Uh, well, I, 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 love, I love what Jay said. Uh, I listened to what Hardy said. And I normally agree with him, but I want to slightly disagree with him on this. Not a full disagreement, but a slight disagreement. I think that what he said is true about us need to be organized and come to the, to the um, plate with something. But I also think that the difference between that movement and our movement is because black people wouldn't have positions of, of power in, in the government. I think that we, we miss out on how many uh, homosexual people are in those powers, positions of power. And that's why a lot of those things get, get pushed through. Now, sure enough, the organization, the, lo the lobbying and all of that is, is, is paramount. But at the same time, they have people that's in those positions, whether they're out out of the closet or still in the closet or whatever the case may be. They have people in those positions. That's why you get in his first week signing the executive orders, well, uplifting the uh, um, the transgender transgender ban in the military, making it so transgender girls uh, can compete in girl in high school girls. Sporting event. Well, both both parties, but you know what I'm saying. But most of the time, it's going to be boys transitioning to girls competing in high school things. So I think that a lot of by 
by that community holding a lot of positions in politics and in government, I think that has a lot to do with it. Also, I was he passed about the Keystone Pipeline. I think that's one something that I support. It doesn't uh, it doesn't affect our particular community, but I think that was something that I thought was okay was was pretty good. Um, a lot of COVID stuff. So I, I think I I want to be patient. I I continue. I want to continue my patience and, th and think that it's coming. You know, uh, it, it, you're going to make right from what you said when you said that we will. You know, we we don't want to help you get in there. And I and I hope that he makes right. Uh, Don Win said in the comments that a lot of the um, things that he did was reversing Trump's plans. Uh, let uh and things like that so i i want to stay optimistic it's just the first week i, I remember we we was talking about in the group chat about them um canceling ten thousand dollars worth of uh student loans i look forward to that because i've wasted a lot of those people time in that community college so I, i'm hoping that i can get some of that taken away. <laughs> um not only that i think that um he, he did sign an order to extend the restrictions on collecting those student loans uh, at least to uh, um, September of this year. So, you know, I hope that I, I'm, 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 I want to be optimistic and I want to be patient. That's what I'm going to practice. Optimist, optimism and patience. That's why I'm going to stand for right now. Check with me a month or two later, but that's where I'm going to stand right now. And uh, in these situations, I like to go to the resident expert, and politics horse educate us please no i'm not gonna do it today buddy because you guys have all grown i will say that there's a comment the only executive orders he introduced were related to the common coronavirus that is false the executive orders related to called equality were in reference to transgender uh like mario said we had the blueprint for politics and somehow everyone's used it um sometime i have to get I need encouragement because sometimes I wonder, are we too far gone as a community, as an ethnicity when it comes to politics? Because we just can't seem to get it together. Uh, we've been fighting for civil rights for ever since we got a little bit of rights. Um, you know, when it comes to politics, my stance has changed from being about Democrat, Republican to I only care about agendas for black people, the advancements of stuff for black people. I don't care where win come from. We just want wins. And that's what I'm about. So for him to say that the community that helped him get the White House, I needed something in those first 10 executive orders to reflect that. I want more recogn recogn recognition for Stacey Abrams. I'm tired of going to status quo. You know what I mean? And that's what people are looking for. People are used to what is familiar to them. That doesn't always make it good. It's comfortable. Joe Biden, to me, he's, he, he kind of represents the traditional America. No. Well, Donald Trump came and destroyed. Somebody said you got to destroy it before you rebuild. I still think we have opportunity to build this country. Hopefully that having Kamala in place and having uh, Wynick and Atlanta in place having some representation in there. I just want to see black agendas. I don't give a damn where it comes from. We need wins. We need allies. I want black representation and I want some of our, I want something that benefits our community 
impacts our community and advances our community to actually make it into policy and legislation. That's what I care about. You're king for, you're king for the day, horse. Tell us what would you do? If I was king for the day, yeah. I would say that I don't believe that reparations would benefit our generation because Dave Chappelle did a skit that said, we're consumers. You gave us some money, we'd be at Cadillac, we'd be making rap videos. We have, that's, that's funny, but the young people, they don't get it. What I thought, and I proposed this in many public forums, I think that African-Americans should be exempt from paying taxes. I think that African-Americans should receive a housing voucher that forget trying to get a mortgage. This voucher, just like a VA loan, allows me to the opportunity to have a home, right? And I think college should have been free for African-Americans. I believe that that right there, those three things are impactful for generations. The opportunity to go to school for free, the opportunity to own a home, which is a big accomplishment in America. And I believe that those reparations are the things that we can benefit from and our kids because for 20 years. 20 years. from So if, if you came for the day, you would go 20 years from today. 20 years, and I would renew it in 20 years if I seen it was effective. But I don't think giving us money outright, all we would do would boost the economy. I think our grandparents, our, our elders deserve that money. They've suffered and endured. I don't think we would utilize the money properly because we're not even, for me, we're not even really taught how to handle money now. If I gave somebody $100,000 tomorrow, they would have to think about what to do. You know what I mean? We're not taught about how to invest. We're not taught about saving because I've seen NFL players, they took the NFL contract, stopped playing and went and bought a farm. And people are like, that's crazy. No, this man owns land. God ain't making no more land. So it's all about planning and doing stuff that's impactful for generations. That's what I would do. But I, I think, think that was very smart uh, too, just because of what you said um, with the monetary value. If you if you feed a person, right. you don't teach them how to fish, they're gonna run out of food. I'm sorry. You see what I'm saying? So unfortunately, the generation before us didn't know how to prepare us, I, I'm gonna say. Um, to receive that blessing of 40 acres and a mule. Because like you said, it's going to be on somebody's strip court club floor or it's going to be in Gucci, Louis, Christian Dior it is now. You understand what I'm saying? Or Philip Klein, who knows? But it won't be used for what it needs to be. And that's going to be the generational wealth. So with the 20 years education and the free home, that's very impactful. That's at least one generation that you can try and keep a trend going. And hopefully that cycle is something that's better or the coming generations, especially the black ones coming up. But again, I'm just a barber. What the hell do I know? What about you, Chris? Well, I, I, I also, I, okay, I like what Horace what Hor said, but I am an economic man. I think that, I don't think that what this person does with his should affect me. I think that we, I think that I should be, um, I should be able to make decisions with my, my money. But what I'm saying is, yeah, that may be true, but what if they gave us for that? What we can now uh, amplify this uh, platform to get to give that education. When I look at my um, when I look at my um new my Instagram news feed, my Facebook news feed, I purposely last year said that I'm gonna take away some of the the, the fluff and the bullshit, and I'm gonna put in informational information stuff. So I see a lot of I follow a lot of pages that talk about you know, the same things that Horace was talking about, uh, the same things that we talk about, power economics and things like that. So I think that at the same time, 
I think that with a lot, there's a lot of smart got a lot of smart blacks. There's a lot of us that want to do right, and I think with with those powered by those economics, I think that we could make a change. Big, big change. Well, let me give you my rebuttal. Mm-hmm. Right now, there is enough black wealth. Tyler Perry, Oprah, Bill Johnson, Bob Johnson. You have enough black people right here. The plan that I presented was something that I wanted to represent collectively as a whole, as an ethnicity for African-Americans. Because really, in reality right now, the example is already there. You have all these black billionaires and no one's presented anything for black people. Not an airline, not a bank. Like, you got Killer Mike out here fighting to put a bank together. Where's the support for that? You had Dr. Umar, whether you loved him or not, you could have gave him that money off the interest alone. You have already enough black wealth to impact us for generations. And guess what? We've always moved individually. We get that accomplishment. And then we, it's almost like a conclusion. I'm not black anymore. We'll go to Africa and build stuff. But what about those urban communities? We do not, we do not collectively move. And that's the one thing I have to resent. I have a friend that's Jewish. You know what he did when he got his money? He gave all of his friends zero interest loans. So when they went to buy a house, zero interest loans. That means he ain't, they ain't going to no bank. This house, you're going to pay. If you pay $200,000, you are going to pay $200,000. That is the kind of stuff collectively. There's a lot of stuff I do now. I'll never get credit for it because that's not the purpose. But I do it for the cause. I think more of us do have to sacrifice and do it for the cause. But that's why we got to get forward. But that's why I think if, if given if that money was put in your hand and a hundred, I mean a thousand other horses, there will be that we can we can affect change. I look, I've never took the time out to listen to to your um your agendas. I think those are wonderful. I I honestly do. But I've always been on the side of of uh economics too. So you know that's that's how I feel. Cause, but I think and I and I'm a believer in people. I'm specifically a believer in black people. I don't I try my best not to go into narratives that even even if they may be true, I go I try my best not to go into narratives that push that say that we we can't do it. A lot, there's a narrative that say uh black people don't support black business. Although when a black business open the most the, the number one supporters of that business is black people. I don't see what I I say I speak for myself. When I opened up my business, I didn't get a whole lot of um, business from a lot of people in the in the beginning, in the initial stages. I got a lot of business from my people, um, and a lot of the products that I see women start and selling and, and and all of those things. When they open up these entrepreneur ventures, I see a lot of us supporting it. So I don't. I try my best to not go with those narratives. I understand that you may have a one hundred percent point, but just like those. The racists that would not admit to racism, no matter how blatant it is, I'm one of those people that try not to admit to 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 colorism, but black uh, down downfalls as much as as, as much as I, 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 I should. But that's just me. That's just how I take it. So what do Mario, you think about this, Hardy? Well, let me ask you oh, something. My bad, my bad. No, before we go to Mario, I want to say this: we've all played Monopoly, right? Mm-hmm. America is a monopoly board. That's the best way to explain it. We're the last person to go, and we and everybody in front of us has went had 400 turns before us to go around that board. That's the best way to explain being black in America. 
we the last to go. Everybody's went 400 times ahead of us. Mario. I'm going to say, I'm going to say only a little bit on this because I, uh, you're right. My view is going to be looked at as negative because I'm a realistic person. So I stick only to factual numbers and to what I actually see. And I look at stuff like in the deepest of the levels, like to me, like right now, Chris made a good point. 90% because I look at support a different way, though. I look at it like this. You started a business. You're black in Orlando. You give a good service. You're going to say, well, okay, black people support my business. I'm going to say, how many black people? I'm going to say right now, pull up the amount of black people in your area that have, and if, if you support those people, have they ever seen your ad or anything about you? Did they use you? Because that's support. And that's the reason why we can have a business that does this, floats around, floats around. But right now, pickup pick up should be a million dollar business because it's enough black people that don't have to use uh, four brothers pickup for this pickup for this. They can use pickup pickup. And then you'll be a big enough. That's support. So what happened is you say it sounds good to say, well, okay, we get those thousand guys, we give everybody a thousand dollars. But that's why our money don't circulate in our community. Because you're right, 10 of those people are gonna give some of that money to you. And you're gonna feel grateful because you're a humble guy. And say, look, 10 black people supported me. Then I'm gonna say, what? 90 people didn't. And they went to another community. That's why I can't believe that we're gonna do the right thing. And not only can I not believe that. I don't want to put my grandchildren and my son's future and other people who have shown me consistently that they're not going to do the right things. I'm sorry. I just can't gamble with that. And I'm not willing to right now until you show me. I'm a show me kind of guy. I just sit here and watch. Right now, Dr. Boris Watkins, I watch him a lot. When the, Before the stimulus check came out, he laid out a plan on what to do with that money. I personally sit here and watch people blow that money. Now, you asked me to tell me to stand up and say, hey, I'm saying on my end, the majority of the people I know who got that money, do it. I'm saying blow it. You might say, well, they ain't going to buy no Jordans. They ain't do nothing. They didn't invest in their life or their generational wealth. They didn't do that. They didn't get their life has not got better. I'm saying and some of the people wasn't hurting. So we, I'm not going to use that excuse like, oh, they were skipping business because most of the people I, I know are in the 50,000 or less percentile. So they work through the pandemic regardless. So they wasn't a person who worked for Microsoft who got laid off. They were working. So you was working and you got an extra little uh. And then I seen crabs and everything everywhere else. And I seen people talk about it, stocks. I seen people talk about a lot of stuff, but find fundamentally, what did I see? This is me personally. I didn't see too many people do too much with that money. And I agree but with I, you. I agree with you. But I and but you say you are a show me kind of guy. What right. I'm gonna what I'm gonna be doing in the coming weeks starting a vlog about what I did with my stimulus. If you look at my story today, you see that I bought a heat press. I'm, I'm waiting for my but vitamin. But you don't represent the population. We're talking about yeah, us. I, know. I understand. I, I totally yeah. understand that. I'm, and I'm yeah. using the, the female uh, argument. Well, I didn't. It didn't I don't, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I understand that. But what I'm saying is when certain, some, some of us do, we this is what we do with it. We, we say, okay, well, take that 600 Buy a heat press, buy a vinyl cutter, start a t-shirt. I mean, start a t-shirt and hoodie business. I'm gonna use my platform to show people, hey, this is what I did. Six hundred dollars is is that was just a stimulus, but you can come across six hundred dollars again. And but think maybe about this. this time you can think. But this think way. about if you already had your house and you want to be saving up for it right now. 
because of they instituted that you get a free house. You can I mean, buy, yeah, you can buy his business. You right. You right. I, I, <laughs> you know what I never took the time out to hear Horace's yeah. views on this, and I, I those are those are those are amazing. I do. I one hundred percent agree. I just think that, or not to cut you off. I just think that right now, as black people, we in the we still in the ball down. Anything is a win. The minute we win, who we celebrate and like. Yeah. And I don't think that we understand that right now we're not the generation that's supposed to, to, to live. I mean, to, to, to get the reward or the benefit from my hard work. Like right. I'm not working for me to enjoy this. And I think a lot of people feel like I work hard, so I need to enjoy this, bro. That's not mm -hmm. how this works. Right now, the owner of my company was from a, a Jewish man from um from um the Holocaust. He never he he worked his whole life till he was like 90 years old. He never seen this company, what it is right now, this million dollar company. And he was okay with it. And I think right now as a people, we got to understand that, and I don't think we do right now. I think right now, as soon as we get stuff, we don't think about our children or our children. We think about, whew, this give me a little vacation time. Yeah. No, right now, I hear people say right now, oh, why are you doing pretty good? I'm not, bro. Because I still you. have, you know what I'm saying? I need to be secure for, for, for my son in case he have a mistake and mess up. Like that's the thing. We got like our children gonna be or we sent them to college. Everything good. What if they mess up? We don't have nothing safe to take up in the road and bounce back. That's the other ethnic groups had it. You were here and he was on crack for 10 years. He got off it, got his ink on his granddaddy, gave him another fifty thousand dollar loan and started a business. He bounced right back and now he got a whole family. Cause they had that little that little nest egg of safety. Right now, everything you're working for. You we one generation of your great great grandson fucked up, and now everything you work for is gone. It's down, down, down to. But that's dangerous. That's but a dangerous yeah. person. I believe in people. I, I believe in our little circle. I believe that when Horace pushed it, cut this video up, and you start talking that, talking that, we're gonna we're gonna promote that. We're gonna share that. We're gonna we're gonna be the change that we want to see in this in this in this country. Having these conversations in our community, we're gonna be the change. We're gonna devote our life to this. To being the change, you know what I'm saying. So that's just how I'm looking at this in the in, the, in, in every kind of way. We're going to be the change. We're going to promote this until we get put in the grave. This is what we're going to promote. The things that you're talking about, the things that Horace is talking about, the things that Zay is talking about. I'm going to continue to do it. I'm now you know, what got into you tonight, Martin Luther Chris? Well, yeah. Look at him. with Martin Luther King. I watched one night in, in uh, Miami. Miami. Yeah, I gotta yeah, watch that. I'm feeling liberated today, my brother. I gotta watch that. Yeah. If it's nothing, good. it's good. It's good. Horace, you, know, you should definitely watch that. I'm saying, if you're talking about a meeting of the minds right. and a, 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 a planned strategic tack on the system. brothers, just like ourselves. Like, for real. Like, that, that was a beautiful movie. I don't think it's getting enough uh, credit as what it did. And Regina Hall, that was her baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Well, that's on purpose, cook, though. I heard what um, what's his name did to him, Womack. But I wish you wouldn't trust me. Hey, so hey, hey you know right now. my lady. You know, think about the example of how he was coming up. He was talking about Bobby Womack. Yeah. And think mm -hmm. about it, the whole time he was telling them, "Yeah, Bobby making me all this money and all this," and the whole time he never knew while he was meeting in Miami, he was yeah. meeting in the jammies. That's real. <laughs> He, he was in a, he was in a meeting with his wife. Uh, yeah, impromptu. Listen, the same with my dad. I dig up Bobby right now. 
<laughs> Set the whole wear, wear, wear skin as a coat. Right, later, man. I was gonna say, Mario. Um, everything about your conversation was the conversation you just had with my nephew, probably about an hour ago. Speaking about the generational stuff, I even went as far as to talk to him. I think that we've been uh, miseducated about the crabs in the bucket story. You understand what I'm saying? We're always taught that crabs are pulling each other back in the bucket. But what you said was a, a, a great example of somebody has to be the sacrificial lamb or, or crab. In that instance, what do the other crabs do? They walk over the top of them to get where they need to be so they can be a little bit further than we were. See, the thing that we learned once we had girls, and I, I, excuse me, I guess because we had girls first, sorry, Horace, is we got to make sure for them. You see what I'm saying? I don't want my daughter trying to figure it out the way that I'm trying to figure it out now. I want to at least have her with um, an insurance policy of sorts, but or better yet, a head start on life. That's really, really well, because that's what all the kids that went to gardens and circles with me had. They drove BMWs and Benzes our senior and junior year, and we were just happy to be working at Sports Authority or McDonald's and OJT. That was what I'm saying. It's because they had that head start on life where we were looking for a job to help the family, and their family was telling them that their job was school. Because I got this already for you. Once you get done, you're going to fall right. They taught them how to write a business plan. Make sure you get life insurance. You know, that's some of the things that we probably weren't afforded. But it gives them that head start on life so that their grandchildren's grandchildren can be straight. That's all it's ever been about, generational wealth. I, whatever I do for myself, I'm going to do. You're not. You know what I'm saying? It's not about hanging out because I worked hard. You know what I'm saying? I think T.I. had a quote that said, if you celebrate every time, what are you celebrating? Because the people who have money, they don't flaunt that they have money. They spend their money in more investment so they can make more money. No Gucci, no Louis. But that's some too, that's some tutors that we didn't get. So kudos to what you were saying, Mario. Definitely on point. I felt that. What you got? I just want to highlight to you guys, you might not know that, but God gives daughters to players. Salt only kills slugs. Salt only kills slugs. I'm just gonna tell you that. I'm a represent. I'm a vision of the change, though. You see what came with Former player, yeah. I, think, I think that right there just got me hater of the year nomination. I might be up in that this year. Mm -hmm. God, oh man, yeah. daughters to the players, it's nothing but karma. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, well, thank listen. I feel like a guest pastor that came to preach and then the damn deacon and took it a whole nother direction because we had a whole nother show and that <laughs> we just. At an hour and a half, Mark, we would not touch that. We, just we can't even touch that with them. We might we do a special edition for that. Martin Luther Chris showed up <laughs> and took us in a whole different way. So, good, hey, we might but, have to do a special edition for that because I think that's something that definitely needs to be addressed. I, don't, you know, I'm still not sitting well with me, and you can say what you want. I have a daughter, so you know, what I'm saying I don't want her to ever be faced with that. She gets older because she respectively decline. I, so I want to do something on that, even if it's a quick piece sometime this week. But that's up to y'all with it, if I can talk about it. On what? On the young lady with the store and trying to purchase the wine and then, you know, being assaulted and abused. That, that's a no-fly for me. I'm sorry. We can go to it, but it's going to be quick. I, I can't make it quick. I'm sorry. No, yeah. No, because we, we have daughters and loved ones that are females. Well, we got to hit on that because we uh, for all the bashing that we take as far as trying to Educate our sisters. We definitely care about y'all well-being. 
He said okay. it ain't being protected. So that that yeah. Well, forget it. Y'all just gonna stretch it out to the two hour mark tonight. How about that? <laughs> Thank no, you. Okay, I'll just make it. If you can get that, if you can get that footage up, no, that's, I, I actually want them to be able to see what we're talking about if they if they're not familiar with that story already. Hey, but don't you ever ask me what I can get up, sir? Oh, my brother, pause. Let's see if I close this one out. <laughs> that is TMI. <laughs> hey, I don't know what it's going to be. My God. Listen, man, I want to I want to uh, close the night out on an emotional uh, uh, segment. Listen, last year I was at the marina where I'm always at now. Uh, I was at the marina on the top floor, man. And I got a news message. I think it was a Sunday morning. It might have been. A, I think it was a Sunday morning early. And I got a text message and I said, this can't be real. And then I went and I received another message. And I swear to God, man, I, I tell instantly like, nah, I know this is a lie because it just didn't feel real. But just like he came into the world and made and was iconic, he left the world in that same fashion. Uh, tomorrow, I believe, is the anniversary of uh, Kobe Bryant's passing. Can I be wrong? Uh, let me go to a listen. No, don't do that because uh, Kobe Bryant is iconic. And tomorrow we won't be here. And it is tomorrow, January 26th. Will be the year that we will be the date that we lost the great iconic Laker, uh, Kobe Bryant. The reason I feel so a way about it is only certain people can stop the world, and that was one of those deaths that actually shocked everybody. The whole world stopped, everyone felt it. So that says a lot about your legacy right. and your life that you can make the whole world pause, you can make the whole world light up and put your colors, put the, the purple and gold up in around the world on bridges, on clocks, on towers, the White House. So I just wanted y'all to remember that, man. I don't know where y'all was that day, but that day was just, I sat there for a minute, uh, just like in disbelief. And uh, I actually sent out a text about it and it went viral. I think I had like 25,000 retweets, because no one could believe that uh, Cobra Bryant left this earth in such a fashion. Uh, prayers to the family his wife and kids that are left here, especially the daughter who won't be familiar with him. So before closing, I just wanted to salute Kobe Bryant because we will be off, but that is one of those things that I never will forget. And I always ask people, where were you? Just like 9-11, where were you when Kobe Bryant passed? I'm going around the, going around the horn quickly. Chris Leo. Um, I remember that day also. Um, I was with my homeboy, the Deacon. We was at a um, a pop up shop, and um, we you, you could see, like you could, I I seen it. I got a text. Well, I got a text from one of my homeboys. Did I look to read to check the internet to see if it's true? And I seen it, but as look, it was in the crowd full of people. Looking in the crowd, you could just see them. People just change expression, changing and looking at each other. Like I can't believe it. Showing their phone, it was just like a wave. That you did, people just kept on finding out. It it, it, was, it was so, oh, it was a, it was crazy. I, I normally don't get emotional about stuff like that, but um, yeah, that that one kind of shook me, especially as a girl dad. But since we're on the subject of that, I want to give a shout out to um, my sister, and she's going through a situation with her dog. He's he's on his last leg. I 
I personally don't understand, you know, that I've never been a pet owner, but she was really, really torn up about it. So I said, I, I, I she don't know. I was gonna say, you know, I hope you guys give give the dogs in prayer or however that works. But she was really, really shook about it. She called me crying, and oh. I should say, you guys just send some good wishes to Fluff. Okay, thank you, fellas. His name was Fluff. Yeah, her, yes, her name was Fluff. You look at her picture; she's holding Fluff, and she was big. He was really, really in. Love. She really loved that dog. She I can't really do it. That dog. I send my wishes. So what I told her is take that, transfer that love for that dog into a human. So, but shout out to Fluff. Hope you make it through. I, uh, it don't look good, but we hope you make it through. That's my, that's a I'm not. I'm not. That, you know, I'm not that kind of sentimental kind of guy. I'm trying my you, best. You, you're I'm being crazy. It's okay. Fluff it's even. Okay. Fluff is like f you right now because Fluff like. I, I, I should have the shit out of The dog sits by me. I love the little dog. I'm just not a pet guy. That's all. He he wish he would have bit you one last time right now. Hey, go hate his man. <laughs> No, man. Um, I, again, if we're doing the end, I thank y'all for coming out, um, take, taking time to converse with us, share your thoughts. I thank y'all. Uh, hey, we'll talk about Kobe. Where were you and Kobe? Kobe, where were you? I was home. I, you, you messed me up with the benediction. You started talking about I was ready. I was over. I didn't know he was going to do that. I, I wasn't ready for a <laughs> you, you you got me, my brother. I was home. Man. I was home. Actually, actually, Kobe's death actually opened the wormhole to Jumanji. Cause after that, it seemed like the world went to hell in a handbasket. To be honest to you, I agree. Um, but that that is one of those pivotal moments, like you said, that shook the earth. So, man, I didn't even realize it came back around like that that fast. So that was kudos to you to be on top of current events. Cause, damn. Year happened that fast, and hopefully that this year be a better one. But yeah, I apologize, y'all. Chris had me all in tears about fluff. I thought it was over. I was ready to give a benediction. I wish fluff get that last bite. She was torn up about this this weekend. You well, you ruined that moment for us. I was really compassion. <laughs> you really ruined it. You really love it. I put my praying hands up. You had you had me come. Yeah, Super Mario Senior. Yeah, uh, it, it's two times in the last couple of years that I felt like, like a, a deep sorrow for people who I had never met in my life, uh, Nipsey and Kobe. I felt mm. like I just felt like I felt so hurt, and that's the first time I ever felt hurt. That hurt for somebody who I never met, who I never knew, who I admired as a man, but I felt like hurt when um, Kobe died. I felt like man, as a father. The thing that shouted me is Gigi. Like, that's like, man, just going on the plane down, knowing I can't save my baby girl. Mm. Bro, mm. as a father, you talking Ooh. about broke? Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real, I was so upset till I came home and hugged my wife. Like, I called Jayla a bunch of times. Like, I think like two weekends after that, we kind of like went down and see Like, I was like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Okay, stuff happens and, and, and Kobe died, but just that 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 point of like we're going down. There's nothing I can do with my daughter's raised, and right now I feel like I've lived a long time. 
rather than my daughter. And you know, it just that whole situation just told me up. It told me up for a couple of days because I felt like Kobe was just beginning to let us in his world too. Because he was so focused on basketball and so like determined on being a mumble. But now I start seeing in places like talking and mentoring kids. And I feel like, man, there's so many athletes. There's so many young basketball fathers. There's so many young girls that you started at Academy who now who he was just willing, like it's like a whole vortex of, of knowledge and love and wealth just gone in an instant. And the same thing with Nipsey. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, I'm really hurt. And those two people right now, believe it or not, I always keep my mind like, man, you got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing. You just never know. Because it was two freak accidents from people who were young. And I want to say salute to Kobe. And I was a Michael Jordan fan. So I hate anybody who they compare to Michael Jordan. That's just who I am. But one thing about Mama, you had to respect him. Because the same, the way you looked at Mike, you had to look at Kobe because they had that same killer instinct. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to say shout out to Kobe and and – we're gonna be sending up some prayers for Vanessa and the family as I know they're going through this trying time right now. And for Zay too. I know you um buried uh your uncle, I think, this week. Yeah, uh, that'll be Thursday. That'll be Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. So you know, we're gonna be um sending a prayer for y'all family too. Cause I know going through, you know, this is this is a trying time for us all, and we ain't out the woodwork yet, so we just gotta keep being safe and loving each other. So well, uh, what you got, uh horse? No, I just in closing, just saying that for some reason I think about Kobe a lot. So I don't know if that's a good thing, but just I guess with all y'all guys being dads and protectors, that is a thought, man. That young girl, you know, beautiful girl, we were just starting to fall in love with her like a, a piece of royalty, you know, seeing the clips of her playing, at, you know, courtside with her daddy, uh, seeing her playing basketball, going to different functions, growing up in front of our eyes. I think that's what uh, kind of ripped everybody's heart, you know, and, and like you said, not being able to protect your daughter. Uh, that's, that's hard, you know, um, that's hard. Um, so salute to Kobe on that. Nipsey, Nipsey hurt me in a different way. I, I had the pleasure of meeting Nipsey way before people knew who Nipsey was. Uh, thanks to my cousin, Donald. Uh, and both of those people are iconic. Most times, basketball players retire, you never hear of them. The stuff that Kobe had in line with the shoe deals to the filmmaking and stuff, I just thought the man just wanted to champion life no matter what he did. Uh, he showed that we I'm just not a basketball player. I'm a human with art, him learning how to play the piano. Like all the stories, that mamba mentality is something. Boy, if you want some motivation, go listen to some of that, some of his TED Talks or whatever. And Nipsey, Nipsey is somebody who is iconic forever. Um just to be that young and 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 have that passion for life and and inspiration, man. And somebody I always once a month, twice a month, I'll share something from Nipsey. So respect to those two kings that have went on. But kings live forever. Kings live forever because well, what they gave us, I'm gonna apply it to my kingdom. So that's the best thing about kings. Kings live forever. So Chris Leo, I, I thank you for that. That's always been a premise that you've brought to BSF. Kings live forever, and I know I'm a king. So, in closing comments, I'm gonna reverse the order. I'm gonna go to Super Mario Senior first. Closing comments. I just want to say thank y'all for hanging in there with us tonight. You know, what I'm saying Monday we uh, we do this every Monday. We look forward to it. I know uh, a lot of y'all guys look forward to it too. So, uh, we'll see y'all again next Monday. Chris, the international.
Thank you guys for showing up. Uh, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. But we do need you to come back Thursday because we have a special, special show lined up for you guys. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So, but thank you for tonight. But don't forget about Thursday. We left the $40 on the dresser. Terry. Yeah, my dog. We ain't going to do Atlanta rates at 80. Okay, well, we can't. I heard. I heard that's the rates. Ladies, man. Um, I'm going to. I'm gonna give it to y'all again. Thank y'all for watching us and coming out uh, and joining into our conversation. Thank you, Chris. I gave it to y'all a little premature, but also to what Mario said. Um, and I appreciate that, brother. And I appreciate anybody else who just you know considers me, has me in thought or in prayer. Like I said, my family is actually having a funeral for my cousin this week. It actually dawned on me, um, you know, cuz gone. You know what I'm saying? And it's COVID. COVID was the reason. Young, healthy man did a lot for me, and my time is crazy for me because my little cousins, which are his kids, look to me, except for the oldest one, who's my sister cousin, for advice and leadership, and I'm blank. I don't have anything for him but a hug and, and just a plethora of love that I can give him because I realized that as much as we talked about father figures and men in our life, he was one of those men for me. First man to take me fishing, he used to take me to the basketball court, talk to me about family, family being family first and foremost over everything. You understand what I'm saying? And he was an excellent uh, example as I talked about not probably having that. One was right there in my face. Excellent example of father, brother, cousin, family member overall in his entirety. So for that, that's going to be something for my family because he was an invaluable piece to us to kind of get over. So I definitely would appreciate any prayers or thoughts of prosperity for my family in this time. I appreciate y'all. Sorry for being lengthy. Um, hey, <laughs> I want to shout out to somebody. Somebody actually texted me, asked me, what's the rates in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Freaking hilarious. Hey, um, nobody. No, nobody me. But nobody me. Dollar you, just, you just left Vegas. You went oh. <laughs> I left hey, the nobody. West Coast. I left the West Coast. Okay. Derek Burns said he will help bear my people for free. All right, Derek Burns. Well, we got to come back to that, make a new commercial for Derek Burns uh, funeral services. How about that? Um, closing comments, guys. Um, first, of all, I just want to thank everyone that jo joined us and tuned in for another episode of the Black Super Friends podcast. Um, this week, this Thursday, we will be joined by an illustrious cast called the Chambers Talk Show. There are four doctors who collectively came together to put a talk show together, and they will be coming to join us live on air. Uh, as Chris, Chris Leo says, they're coming to the lion's den. So this Thursday, we're going to have a collective conversation, and hopefully those ratings will be amazing. There are four women that are coming to uh, talk with four black men, and honestly, they kind of mirror us in different ways. So I think the conversation will be amazing. And I think that you guys want to enjoy the show. So make sure you guys tune in on Thursday. Damn, I almost missed it. Tune in to us on Thursday and we will see you when we see you. Peace.